This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, if you have your Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Um, we're going to finish our series today of Philippians. I want to remind you again, Matt and Nancy uh, highlighted it next Saturday night at 6 p.m. We celebrate our second birthday. Or as my kids said when they were young, we're this many. We're this, we're this many. Remember, remember, 24 months, I had to do the math there, 24 months. You ever have those parents that call their kids by months when they shouldn't anymore? Yeah. How old's your kid? 48 months. No, your kid's four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 48 months. They're 141 months. No, no, they're 15. Come on, somebody, right? We're, we're, we're 24 months. We're, we're two. We turn two uh, next Saturday night. So come celebrate. There will be cupcakes. Come on. There will be, there will be surprises. There will be fun. If you're, if, if you're a boring person, if you don't like excitement or parties or laughing or enjoy, don't come. Uh, there's a lot of other churches you could go to that might enjoy that. But, but we are a party because we believe God has forgiven us. God loves us and we love each other. And God has a plan for the church. Can somebody say amen? Next Saturday night, 6 p.m., invite everybody, bring everybody. It's going to be a huge party, and then there's no church next Sunday morning, so you can stay home and rest or go to another church and love with them and have fun, but next Saturday night, 6 p.m., Nova turns 2, come celebrate, and I got great friends coming in. Uh, Todd and Nicole Cruz from Hillsong, New York are coming in to preach, and they're just coming, they're blowing in just to blow up and blow out. They're just going to have fun. It's like, we want to be there. I'm like, you're coming, you're going to preach, so we're excited to have guests, and we're excited you're going to be here next Saturday. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Saturday. Come on, some about Saturday night church. Saturday night church. Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13 today. We're going to read three verses. We're going to read a few verses. I encourage you today. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. So actually, we're going to start in verse 10. I'm going to just call an audible and go back one verse because I'm allowed to. Uh, verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I remember... Uh, some of you have been a part of this series for most of the summer. Philippians, written by Paul. Paul's in prison at this point, and this is the happy verse. This is the happy uh, book. If this was a song, it would be by Pharrell, I'm So Happy. That's what this book, this book is positive. This book will encourage you. It'll pump you up. It'll get you going. And what's amazing is this book was written by someone going through a storm in his life. He wasn't at a country club. He wasn't on vacation. Uh, this would have been like equivalent in our culture to being like at Costco on Saturday. That's where he, I know somebody, come on. Like he is in the middle of it right now. He feels pressed on every side. He feels like this is a tough season. And he writes this, this book of the Bible, Philippians. We've been going through, uh, pulling out verses just to let you know there's so much in God's word for you. And he says, uh, thank you for your concern for me. Because again, he's in prison. He says, I, I know you have always been concerned for me. You didn't have a chance, even when you didn't have a chance to help me. Verse 11, not that, I ever, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living and in every situation, whether it be a full stomach or an empty stomach, with plenty or little. I need to stop there. He says, I've learned to be content in all things. That's not my message today. I can't park there. Time won't allow me for the few minutes allotted to me today to unpack that verse. Because I believe God wants us to go on to the next verse today to encourage us as a church as we start to ramp up and rally for the second year that God has for us. And we go into our third year, our second birthday. But I need to say this. There's something with that word content. There is a fight for peace in our lives. 
I, I've been around for 44 years. I think I've been awake for about 24 of them. I don't know my teenage years, but in my adult years, I've never seen a season where peace is more, uh, there's been a war for peace in our lives. You open up social media and it used to just be lattes and rainbows and double rainbows. What can this mean? Now there are people that are struggling or have lost the battle for their lives. There's so much stuff. When I read this verse, I've learned to be content. He says, not that I've ever been in need. I'm like, Paul, you're in prison. Come on, somebody. Like, I think there's some need there. Like, you need a hacksaw or a key or some dynamite. or Come on. You need some good food. You need some toilet paper. There's something you're going to need in there. You need some footprints in the sand on the wall. You need something. He says, I've learned to be content. I want to remind you, Ted, there is a place of contentment in our lives. doesn't matter what season you're in. There's this battle we have between being content and not satisfied. And they're not opposite. I believe they're both godly. I believe we can be content in all things. But then Paul says in another book of the Bible, he says, but I press on. I keep going. I'm looking for more. I'm not satisfied. There's more of God I need. I believe we can live in a balance of, not, of being content with what God's given us, but not satisfied because we want more of his presence, more of his goodness, more of his purpose, more influence in our community. Come on, make more of a difference. And there is this, I want to encourage you today that if you're chasing a new car or a new relationship or a new pay increase or a new status, there is an uneasiness and a frustration. But I believe that God's called us to it. There is a contentment. And we're content, but we press on. I want to remind you, I'm content with what God's done in my life. I'm so thankful. I, I wish I could just stand here all day and bring back the old testimony services. Those are dangerous, by the way, giving people microphones in church. Some of you grow up in church. We used to have microphones down here. You get up and talk. You know why we don't have those anymore? Because of people like you. That's why. I could tell you some stories, but I wish we had a service where we could get up and just talk about how thankful we are. God has done something for you. If you walked in here today, if, you, if you're breathing today, we have something to be thankful for. You are living someone else's dream. You may be going through a nightmare today, but if you're alive today, that's someone's dream. You may, your kids may not be doing well, but if your marriage is healthy, you're living the person's dream that their marriage fell apart. If your marriage fell apart today, you feel that storm that you're in, but you have kids today, you're living those people's dream. I couldn't have kids. There's always something to be thankful for. And so often I can remind God of what I don't have. But I want to be thanking God for what I do have. We have content. But we press on. As we celebrate our second birthday next Saturday night, we have dreams and vision. We are content. God has been so good. But we press on to win a city, to partner with other churches in this area and win a city, win our families. Come on. Win those far from God. Help them become close to God. Can someone say amen? amen. Then it goes on and says this. It says in verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ. Look at your neighbor and say everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Today for the next few minutes as we finalize and conclude this series on Philippians, I want to write this title down somewhere, I Can. This is our title today. I can. Look at your neighbor and say, I can. Look at your other neighbor and say, you can. Today we can. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. I thank you that you, God, are here. This is not just a religious uh, uh, assembly. This is not just the right thing to do. God, we believe that you are alive. You have a plan. And even now, Holy Spirit, you are in this room. God, you are with us. 
I pray we would feel your presence. We would know your goodness today. Father, I pray that you would help me speak your truth from your word. And I pray we would apply it. This would not just be information to be lost in translation. But God, there would be an application and a transformation. That we would leave here more like you and more in love with you than when we walked in. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the last two years. And God, we are thankful, but we press on. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said? You ever meet a can-do person? They're the ones that post the quotes on Instagram all the time. Like, it's always the pumped up. They're always the ones that are just like, you can do it. You have a voice. You're stronger. They're, they're the ones that just, like, they're not the moody people. They're the people that you go on there. It's every, it's like a pep talk. Every single post, every Facebook post, every, if you meet these can-do people, there's nothing they can't do. They're just those people that, I, I'm going to do it. My, I married one of those people. My daughter, Maddie, is 12, and she's one of those people. She came out like that. I'll never forget, she was in an incubator for a time. Was it an incubator? It was like an incubator. And they had to keep her for a while. And, and I remember they attached this hose to her, and she, it was, it was in, her, in, her, in her incubator. And she would put her foot back and wait till she could feel that cord, and then she'd kick it for all she was worth. <laughs> Two days old. Just, no, nope, don't want that. I can move that. I can do it. I think her first sentence was, I do it. I'm not making that up. It was, I do it. I remember, she's like three. I'm trying to put like a turtleneck, a sweater, a straight jacket, something on this kid. There's buttons and zippers. She's like swatting my hand. I do it. Meanwhile, Josh is like, help, help, help. <laughs> Josh was lay there, dress me, right? Maddie's like, I do it. I do it. I've never seen anyone come out like this. I do it. She's that person. Maddie's like, Maddie's the jump in the line person. I'm the person. I don't know if you're like this. If I, I've been in other cultures, other languages. I've been places where I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm, I'm, I see an event happening. I will sit back and watch so I can assess all the information I need before I jump in a lineup. If I see a big lineup of people, I don't know what it's for. I want to know. So I sit there and wait long enough. And I watch what happens when they get to the front of the lineup. Is there a seniority? Do you jump in the line here? Is the line around the block? And then I watch, and I watch when they go up. Are they paying for something? What are they? And I, I assess. I make sure I know everything that's going on. I have exit plans. I know crowd control. I make sure I have money in my account in case I need some. I have a plan before I ever jump into a line. My daughter's not that person. She sees a line. She thinks there's a reason why they've lined up. It's something good. And she will jump in the line, even as a three-year-old. What are you doing? I do it. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, if there's a line, I'm in it. She walk up to a teller, walk up to a, a, a kiosk. She doesn't even know why. She, it might be signing up for something she has no interest in. She'll get up there and go, oh, no thanks. But she just knows I'm just going to jump in this line. She's that person. I can she, grew, she came up saying, uh, I do it. She, reading was this way. She's like, I'm going to learn how to read, teach myself to read. So my, my, my son would be reading, and she'd just sit on the arm of the chair, watch his books, and, and, and we'd be reading them, and she'd be listening. And she wasn't reading. She was memorizing. But she would sit down with the book, memorized it, and she would just, I thought, she, I thought we had a genius child. <laughs> my God, she's reading. Seriously. Like, she's like two or 24 months, and she's reading. No, she had just memorized everything her brother said. She knew when to turn the page. And then the dog said, turn. I'm like, she knows. She's a, I'm like, I'm going to make millions. She's a genius. No, she, but she was determined. I'm, I'll do it. I'm going to read this book. She's still that kid. She determined when she was younger to get a horse. I just like, okay, like we live in Beaverbank, which is kind of out there, but even that is a little weird for Beaverbank. And she's like, I want a horse. And she talked about getting a horse. And then she realized quickly that a horse may be uh, unattainable. And uh, I said, why so long in the face? 
sorry. I'm just going to, listen, I'm going to ride that joke all day. So, all right, moving on, but it's going to spur us on to something else. And uh, she went on and said, I want a dog. And she just loves animals. I'm like, oh, I, I don't like animals. Am I, where are my non-animal loving people? I like animals with barbecue sauce. I like them. I, li- I, li- I like not those kind of animals. I just like, I like meat. I, I'm, I'd be a great vegetarian except I like meat. And, uh, but my daughter just loves animals. Every, every animal is cute. Every, like every animal. Crocodiles are cute. Squirrels, rats, everything. Oh, look at him. I'm like, that is a snake. That is, that is, that is like, if Moncton was an animal, it would be a snake. Like, look at that. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 that was wrong. Even I know that was wrong. And, but she loves animals. And so she had determined we're going to get a dog. I'm like, we're never getting a dog. Like, like never. Like, the Leafs will win a cup before we get a dog. But she's an I can't person. I do it. I can. I can. So she started putting lists on her door. When she could start writing, reasons why we should have a dog. She would do school projects on why we should have a dog, and the teacher would then send them home to us, graded, and we had to grade them, and re- she had to report them to us. It was, I mean, essays on why we should have an animal. She changed her Netflix password, or her picture on Netflix, to a dog. For years, I've been looking at a dog every time I log into Netflix. My wife's cell phone, she kept changing the wallpaper to a dog. Every time I have to go to my wife's phone, she's like, hey, grab my phone. It's a dog looking at me. She has stuffed animals, dogs that are bigger than her in every room. This, every time we see a dog on the street, it doesn't matter what dog it is or how often. Dad, look at him. Look at that dog. I mean, I, I have faked looking at dogs for years. Oh, yeah, he's adorable. He's so cute. No, look at him. I'm like, that's not a dog. That's a rat. Look at that thing. Oh, he's so sweet. She's so determined. She's that person. I took this video yesterday. We have this video here. This is my daughter. I want to show my daughter in all her her glory. This is my daughter. We filmed this yesterday. This is my I can girl. This is my I can girl. And we got a dog. His name is Cooper. Rhymes with pooper because... After a week of having a dog, that's his new name. I call him Bradley Cooper Pooper, but that's who he is. That is our new family member. He's home waiting for us right now. So if you're a Leafs fan, this is your year. <laughs> and it's amazing is what was her praise report became my prayer request. She wants to thank Jesus. I'm like, oh, God, help us. Come on. I can. She came out saying, I can. Amazing, this verse in scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is a verse that we always go, I can. It's one of the most quoted verses of all time. It's also one of the most misunderstood verses of all time. Man, this verse gets thrown around all the time. This is the verse, man. If we're going through something, we quote this verse. We use it like a spiritual pep talk. It's like a mantra. It's like, man, I'm just going to say this when we are going through something. It's a tough season. I can do all things through Christ. If we're applying for a job, I can do all things through Christ. If you've got a new role, new responsibility, if you're going through something, we always say, man, if I can just, I can do all things through Christ. It's like this pep talk for us. Today, unpacking this scripture and how it can help us today, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You need to know this, and Christ was not Jesus' last name. It's not his last name. It's actually Christ, translated, means anointed one. Christ wasn't his last name. It's funny, they called his father, you know, uh, Joseph the carpenter. There would they'd be John the Baptist. There was so and You were known by your trade. You were known by, your, by where you lived. Christ was not his last name. Christ was his position and his authority. 
The Bible says Christ is anointed one. People were waiting for years for the Christ, the Messiah, the one called by God, anointed by God, empowered by God, sent by God to rescue mankind. They didn't know if his name was going to be Joseph Christ or if it was going to be Matthew Christ. But when Jesus showed up, the anointing, his calling, his, his authority rested on him. Jesus, the Christ. Christ is not his last name. It's actually his authority. It's his position. It's God's power on his life. You need to know that today to understand what Paul is telling us in this verse. Because this is more than just about Paul in a prison. It's about you, sir, when you walked in here and you don't know why you're emotional. You walked in here going, I don't know, I know it's early and it's dark, but why can't I stop crying? There's something going on. It's like hope wants to come up inside your heart. Some of you walked in here going, I just don't know if I can make it this week. Like, I just, it feels like a to-do list. And you get in here and you start seeing some people and singing these songs. And even as I start to speak, it's like all of a sudden something starts to awaken. Listen, I want you to know, the anointing is not a last name of a person. It's the presence of God that is available for all of us. Christ means the anointed one. Luke 4.18, Jesus shows up on the scene. And this is what he says in Luke 4.18. He's coming out to the world as his position and his role. And he stands in front of the temple and people see him as Jesus, Joseph's son. Jesus, the carpenter. Jesus, the the Nazareth, that's who they know him for. And then he steps up and goes, no, no, that's who I was and that's where I was born and that's what I did. But let me tell you what I am called to do. Let me tell you what I'm empowered to do. Let me tell you what I'm about to do. And he reads it in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Another way to say that is the Christ is upon me. The anointing. Is upon me. He says, The anointing, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind, spiritually and physically, will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He steps up and goes, listen, I am anointed for a reason. This is not just a last name that, that, that cultures will know. This is not just a swear word that, that people will pervert. This is not just the, the way to end my name. It is actually a calling, a power, an authority, and a purpose for my life. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. His anointing, please don't miss this, was tied to his purpose. He says, I am anointed for the purpose of setting eyes open to heal people, to help the deaf hear, to let the lame walk, to let those that are in bondage to depression and anxiety and fear and abuse, no fault of their own. I'm here to unlock the the doors of of shame, the, 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 the chains of abuse and negativity, the depression that's taking out a generation. I'm here to set them free. I am anointed for this purpose. For this purpose was I sent. His anointing was tied to his purpose. It's interesting, Jesus had no anointing, no authority to become governor in politics. He had no anointing, he had no authority to lead a military coup against the Romans. He had no no authority, no anointing to do anything else other than what he wrote. I'm here to save mankind. 
I'm not here to be governor. I'm not here to be king of, uh, uh, of Rome. And uh, I'm not here to do this. There's no power. There's no strength. There's no anointing. There's no calling. I am only powered to do what I'm called to do. His anointing was tied to his purpose. It's important for you to know that today, that, that anointing and power is tied to purpose because it affects us. Philippians 4.13, we read it, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we say that all the time. I can do all things, man. I've been stressed. and I've, I can do all things, man. I can do all things through Christ. The original language, as I studied it, a better translation of that verse would be this. I have strength for all things that I'm called by God to do. There's a difference in that. Instead of this get her to jail free card and this little wish list and this is promise, this, this pick me up, this Instagram positive post of I can do all things through Christ. No, no, it says, no, no, I am strengthened to do what God called me to do. See, I believe a lot of us are trying to get strength for things we were never called to do. And we wonder why our strength fails us. Because you aren't anointed to do things that you weren't called to do. Jesus never said, I wonder why I can't get this political race off the ground. I wonder why I can't get people to follow me into battle and some soldiers. Why? Because he wasn't called to lead an army and a coup against a, against a regime. He wasn't called to go into politics. He was called to free mankind. That's why he had strength to endure the cross. That's why he had strength to raise up leaders. That's why he had strength for the assignment on his life. Why? Because I, I can be strengthened by God for all things that I'm called to do. I believe some of us are trying to do things God never called us to. When I was 19, I moved to Lithuania, the former Soviet Union, for a summer. And I taught English for three months. I know if you know me, that is the biggest joke in the world. I don't know what a pronoun is to this day. I don't know what an adjective is, a verb is, an idiom. I thought I was one. I don't even know. Like, I just, I don't, I, I'm learning English myself. Like, I have a lot of patience for people that English is their second language because it's my first language, and I still get the theirs, theirs, and theirs wrong sometime. I still don't know where the two O's and two and what two that is and where that goes all the time. I don't know where it goes to. The newfies have messed it up forever. Where, where is she to? Now, is that one O? Is that a W or is that two O's? I'm not really sure what you're saying there. I remember being in Russia teaching high school students English. And all I would do was play American music and try to get them to, to, to sing along to the music. I, I remember being so frustrated. I remember I actually had a bleeding ulcer at 19 because I was so stressed. I remember going, I, I can do all things. And God's like, you can't do this. <laughs> I've quoted that verse teaching English. I've quoted that verse jumping out of an airplane. I've quoted that verse getting root canals. It's amazing how I've used that verse for things it doesn't tie to. Your purpose is tied, your anointing is tied to your purpose. Paul, here in this verse, he's content, by the way. He's got footprints in the sand on his mind. He's got enough food to get by. He's in a tough time, and he says this, I'm content. And then he says, I'm strengthened. Because he knows he was called to that season. Because if you know you're called to it, you can get through it. And Paul's sitting there going, I may not be where I want to be, but I know that I'm in his perfect will. And if I'm in his will, I'm strengthened today. And today I'm not trying to tickle your ears and speak truth to you, to pump you up going, you can change the world. You can make a difference. If you're in it, man, God's going to see you through it. I want to let you know if God calls you to it, he'll strengthen you in it. There's a passion and there's an anointing tied to your purpose. His promise is tied to purpose of strength. My friend, if God calls you to it, 
He will see you through it. If God has called you to it, he will see you through it. There's a natural power when you step into This microphone amazes me. Brett, our production guy, leads our team, is a genius. We call him the Brett, the mad scientist. I call him the Brad scientist. He's a genius. Little crazy, so don't sneak up on him. Like, he's one of those guys, right? Just make sure he sees you coming because he's a little crazy, but he's brilliant. And Brad's like, I'm going to get you the best microphone ever. I'm like, don't get me a gold one. People will talk. You know, I'm like, he's like, no, this one, you can hold it down here and they can still hear you. This, the other people, they can have second-rate microphones, but your microphone, he's like, it's going to be special. I'm like, how special? It's so special. What's amazing is, is I project my voice, but because of this microphone, it amplifies through these speakers that we load in every Sunday. And because I am where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to do in the room I'm called to do, there is a naturally an amplification that happens. So many of us are in the wrong rooms in life, doing the wrong assignment, and we wonder why there's no power or amplification on our lives. Some of you are taking on battles you were never called to fight. Some of you are trying to charge up mountains God never called you to. But if God called you to it, he will see you through it. That's why this church doesn't make sense. We're not smart enough. We're not tough enough. We're not nice enough. We don't pray enough. We don't give enough as a church to make this happen. But because God called us to it, there is an anointing. Please don't miss this. There is a strength for the assignment on our life, and things are getting amplified. That's why you're here today. And there's an anointing on your life. If God called you to it today, he will see you through it. Listen, you can do this today. I can do what God called me to because I have his strength. Today, it's not just a catch-all of, okay, I can do all things through Christ. It's tied to your purpose. You need to know there's purpose in this room today. You have a purpose. There's a reason why you're here. Saw a minister that I don't know this week end his life. His wife is Instagramming about it. They're tweeting about it. Did not know this man. He was an advocate for mental health, and he, he lost his battle. I'm reminded today that people are going through stuff. Some of you, this has been a great week. You're in a great season. School's back, and you feel like you're clicking on all cylinders. I don't know if you're on top of a mountain today or if you feel like the mountain's on top of you, but I want to remind you today, if God called you to it, it may be preaching on a mountain or it may be sitting in a prison writing a letter, but there is strength tied to the purpose God called you to. If he called you to it, he will see you through it. I can because I have. I can do what he's called me to do because I have the strength that he promised me I'll have. I can because I have. Today, if we go into September, as we start this new season, I want you to know today, you can do it. Why? Because you have his strength. If God's called you to do it, listen, there are influencers in this room. To the teachers in this room. Principals, vice principals, teachers. Some, we have one of our teams that started teaching, first time, graduated, her first classroom of 10-year-olds. Some of you, you've been in this for 20 years. If God called you to it, there's a strength you can do it. I don't know, I don't know another front lines for our community like teaching. Parents and, and, and all the upheaval of home and uncertainty of, of finances and abuse and struggles and people doing the best they can and the kids come in tired and, 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 and learning disabilities and, and med medical stuff and, and culture stuff. And listen, teachers, you need to know you're on the front line. God called you to be an influence. Overpacking classrooms and behavioral problems. If God called you to do it, he can strengthen you to get you through it. You can because you have. I can because I have. You can today. Those in the medical field, in business, listen to me. You're married here today. 
There's a strength for your marriage available. People that think marriage is easy aren't married. Some of you are like, am I allowed to laugh at that? My wife's sitting right next to me. (laughs) Budgeting is easy without bills. Parenting is very easy without kids. I don't take parent advice from people who don't have kids. We're announcing a relationship conference coming up next month, and it's going to help your marriages and bring people in. But can I encourage you today? They're not just your roommate. They, just didn't, they weren't here to give you kids. They're not just here to help you cover the bills and so you can get through life. God called you together. If you're married today, God called you together. And to that purpose, there is tied a presence, a strength that's available. And because he's with you, you can do it. You have strength today because God called you to it. Your marriage might be going through something. Maybe there's been a lack of trust, or maybe just the pressures of life. Listen, you can because you have. You can do it because you have his strength today. Maybe it's your health today. Maybe you're struggling in your health, sickness invading your body today. I want to let you know that God has a plan for your life, and God can come in and heal your body today, and we can because we have. I can be healthy. I can recover. Why? Because I have. There's a power available. If he called you through it, he'll get you. He called you to it. He'll get you through it today. There's hope today. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Who sh- I can do all, th- I can strengthen today if God called me to it. You're called to be a minister. Hanging out to dry. That was brilliant today. I'm going to steal that and give you no credit. You're anointed to do this. You're anointed to minister. You're anointed to lead ministries in this church. You're anointed to lead businesses and run for office and change the climate politically. You're anointed to be parents. You're strengthened in your marriage and relationship. And some of you are single and you want to be married, but you're going through the temptations and the trials and the pressures. There is a strength for the season you're in because if he called you, do it. He'll see you through it. I am strengthened in everything God's called me to. In this season of life, there's a strength for your life. All over this place, the worship team's coming back. I want to read this verse. First Timothy 1.12 probably says it best. It says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. If you know his work, you'll have his strength. Here's the question today. Do you know your purpose? It's tied to the person of Jesus Christ. If you know your God, to tell you your purpose. And with this purpose comes an anointing for strength. Today, we're going to sing a song in a moment. I'm going to take a moment. I want to pray for your marriages today. There's an attack on marriages in our culture. Some of you are in your marriage and you're lonely today. Some of your spouses are far from God. Maybe you're in here and you love God and you're trying, but there's just stuff. Today, I believe God called you to it. He'll see you through it. Some of you, you've been trying. It's finances. God will help you, whether it be miracle money or whether it be miracle budgeting, whether it be just, just get it through a season, but God's going to help you with promotion and working hard in the right system. Maybe it's health-wise. God wants to step in, whether it be through doctors or through medicine or through divine healing. But I do know this. Paul was sitting in a prison, not yet seeing his miracle, but he wrote these words. I have strength because I know he called me to it. And if he called me to it, he'll see me through it. And today, because he wrote those words... This truth lives on in our lives. And I have strength today knowing that God called me to this. So there's strength through my life. I've never been stronger in my life. And it almost killed me getting here. I feel dangerous this week. 
They had to what got into you? You focused, you focused your focus. I said, I'm starting to feel dangerous, people. I'm starting to feel the strength of God come on my life. Like it hasn't for a long time. Why? Because I know he's called us to it. This church is growing. Have you noticed? Look around, it's growing. Not just in numbers, but in its authority and influence and compassion. We're starting to figure out how to run things and do things and help people. Why? Because if God called us to it, I love this place. Will you stand to your feet today? Are you going through something today? Could you use some strength today? Maybe I mentioned it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe you even right now, you feel like you're this close to just, if I just, if I give into this, I'm just going to break down because I just, are you under it today? I don't want to give you hype. You can do all things. No, some things you're doing, you shouldn't, you're not called to do. I want to give you hope today, not hype. But if he called you to it, he'll see you through it. With every head bowed, just for a moment. Can we dim these lights, Brad? With every head bowed, just for a moment. I can't see you, your neighbor can't see you, but if you say, Mike, with every head bowed, I need hope for my marriage. If your spouse is here and if they will let you, just grab their hand. In fact, let's do that every marriage in the place. If your marriage spouse is next to you, just grab their hand. I want to pray for your marriage today. If your spouse isn't here, we're going to pray. I believe a powerful marriage can change the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, the anointing, the strength from heaven almighty, Anointing to free people, to help people, to help those that are blind, relationally, spiritually, physically. God, there's miracles attached to your anointing, to your power. I speak the very presence of God over marriages in this place. No more just going through the motions. The, some of it's because of loss or maybe mistrust or maybe just the struggles of just the rat race of life. I speak the very presence, the anointing, the strength of God. I go back to that wedding day, whether it be a week ago or 30 years ago, and God called you to it, I pray the presence of God will see you through it today. I speak life, hope, forgiveness, joy, and passion to marriages in this place. I pray for those right now that are struggling physically with, with sickness and disease. It might be mental. It might be physical. Maybe you feel depression is weighing on you. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's diabetes. Maybe it's... an illness or a pain, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, the anointing, he said he came to bring healing. By his stripes, we are healed. There's a power, I speak healing over your life right now. I speak a miracle right now to every blood condition, every bone condition, every mental condition. We speak healing right now. I speak to finances in this place. Those that have been trying, working, grinding out, single moms and parents and singles and single dads and seniors I speak right now the very miracle of God to your life that as you trust God that God will bless you pour out on you help you with wisdom from counselors and advisors miracles promotions I speak it right now of your life I pray right now for parents that your kids are struggling in their walk with God and in their lives addictions poor choices anger disconnection. We speak life over our teenagers. 
We speak life over our children. We speak wholeness over families. We speak strength. We have strength in our parenting. Why? Because God called us to it. We speak it in Jesus' name. Now I pray this. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you can know Jesus. The Bible says if you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart that he is God, that he is anointed, that he was came to save us and help us, a miracle happens. You can start a relationship. You say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I've been to church, but I don't know Jesus. You can know Jesus as a person. He comes in and washes away your past. He helps your present, and he ignites your future with purpose. You can have that life, that you can feel his strength because it's tied to his presence. You say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. On the count of three, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and put it right back down, and we're going to pray. And today, a miracle is going to happen. You say, I want Jesus today on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand right back up. Put it right back down. We're going to pray for you. I applaud you. I encourage you today. Will you pray this prayer after me, worship team? Will you pray this after me? We're all going to pray this together. But if you, if you put your hand up today, we're going to pray for that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, anointing of God, strength of heaven, would you come into my life? Would you meet me where I am? Would you forgive my past? Would you take my future? Would you lead my life? I need you. I believe that you're God. I believe that you came to forgive me. And I believe that you're with me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Church, if he called you to it, he'll get you through it. I can because I have. Amen. Can we sing this song as we close today? Can we sing the song with the great I am, the anointing one of God who came to free us, save us, heal us, and give us hope. Amen. Come on, let's sing this together.